0: Welcome to Harvest Time. We look forward to a great program today as we have the guests in the studio here and Mr. and Mrs. Jeff Borkhart. I almost said Dr. Borkhart, sir, but we'll get to that in just a minute. I want to talk about your interests. But before we do, I wanted to remind our own um, audience that this weekend is a special day. It's the first day of the next seven that historically is known as a Holy Week. And I think every week should be a holy week, but certainly the major events that change the world and establish Christianity as not just a myth, but the reality of what we you know as the resurrection a week from this Sunday, what we would also know as Easter, we call it a resurrection celebration, a big day. Yeah, um, but before we get there, this Sunday is Palm Sunday. It started out in a triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the eighth wonder of the world of the temple and what happened over those next seven days and what took place and often uh, we miss uh, major events and it was definitely a rugged road between the triumphal entry and the triumphant resurrection, and we want to talk about that and what that means to us as believers this Sunday at 1030 at our worship service. Many of you know and have been with us at 930 at our combined adult Bible fellowships, but this particular Sunday they're all spread out in a variety of classes, they're all age-specific, and um, if you say, boy, I would like to come, I've not been there, show up at the kiosk right in front of the church building, you can find your way. We have full uh, child care, the children's program, the teen ministry, and there's something for everybody, 9.30 this Sunday, 10.30 our worship together. We will be looking at the Triumphant Road at 10.30 on what is Palm Sunday and how that fits in the Holy Week. And then at 6 o'clock, our Family Bible Hour, and this particular Bible Hour really is chock full. We have Dr. Yo Serato and given a short report on missions trip that he took the last few weeks in Philippines, in a remote island of the Philippines, some teaching as well as some translation work there in Myanmar. I'd look forward to hearing from that report. And then also, um, we'll be having a... Um, really, some preaching from our own college students um, by Roland Paddock. And, uh, Clinton, I hope that you'll make it. You'll enjoy the time and a chance for us to give towards uh, these seniors out of our college that are graduating shortly in the next month. And so uh, I encourage you, make a full day of it. You won't regret it. It'll be things that you'll look forward to and best for your family Sunday, the Lord's Day, the first day of the week. That's the day that the early New Testament church worshiped on. That's why we do that as well. Today, we have the privilege to have the Borkharts with us, Jeff and Jessica Borkhart. No stranger, if you've been around Harvest for a while, first of all, welcome both of you to the program.
1: Thank you,
2: Pastor. Yeah,
0: thank you for having us. You know, you hustled your way up here out of breath. (laughs) I think that was a duel of went up the stairs, not the elevator, because, Jessica, you find yourself pregnant. How many children do you have? We have four. Four, and one on the way. Yes. Yes, ma'am.
1: Eight months
0: along. Eight months, wow. (sighs) What's the due date?
1: Well, June 1st.
0: June 1st. Do you normally come early or you're late?
1: Usually a day early, so we'll see.
0: Wow. June 1st. Let's see. So school's done. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Way okay. to time that one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, the other four children, give us their names and ages here, Jessica.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Jeffrey is 9. He'll be 10 on the 9th of April. Jean is 7. Then we have Judson, or, I'm sorry, Johnny, that's four, and then Judson, that's two.
0: Wonderful. And is this a boy or girl? This is a girl. And do we have a name?
1: We do. And
0: you're not going <laughs> to unveil that till the baby shows? It's oh, we okay. We can.
1: Jeff's giving me the sign that we can share. Uh, her name will be Jubilee.
0: Jubilee? Yes. I love that. Yes. So, <laughs> any kind of nickname to Jubilee?
1: Jubes.
0: Probably Juju B. Juju B. Already. Wow. <laughs> you know, uh, our youngest, uh, they they have one child, one daughter named Eden they had two miscarriages and they mm. when the baby was conceived and they knew she was pregnant they gave those babies names and um, mm. I was like that was kind of odd but mm-hmm. when they eventually had miscarriages they ended up to them there's a real mm-hmm. reality that mm-hmm. you know what we have two babies in heaven and mm-hmm. I'm glad for yeah. that so mm-hmm. Jubilee there you go a big announcement <laughs> right here thank you for sharing that, <laughs> Jeff you know a stranger to the mic here uh, you helped with live at five that's kind of just a side yeah. issue uh, science. We were talking about it earlier. I quote books, so it makes me sound really intelligent, <laughs> which I'm not. But uh, you have been teaching science here. How long have you been here at Harvest?
2: We've been here for, this is our 13th year. Yeah. Now, you
0: both came as teachers.
2: Correct, yeah. I came out immediately as a science teacher, and Jess actually taught English right.
0: for six years, I believe. Six years, yeah. Three right. years full-time, and then she had Jeffrey, and so three years part-time. Yeah. Um, let's talk about... How you guys even heard about Guam Harvest and what drew you out here? What was the initial like? Wow, that sounds like something we want to do. Am I supposed to keep this current briefing specific? (laughs) Yeah, well, we got some time in here. I mean, in contrast to you're from, your your folks. Right, we're from the Midwest.
2: I'm from Southern Wisconsin. She's from Indiana originally. And so uh, um, the short story is we both went to Maranatha. That's where we met and dated and, you know, the Lord brought us together through Maranatha Baptist Bible College and ultimately, in a sense, led us through their missions conference to having a burden for Oceania, this part of the world, uh, not Guam in particular necessarily at the time, because like most Midwesterners, Guam meant nothing sure. to us <laughs> uh, at the time because he would never right. really heard of it. In fact, my only exposure was actually a former teacher of mine had come out here, sent me a graduation gift from high school, uh, really? one of the HBBC... CDs. I think the very first one she sent that to me. uh, Julie Harder. Yeah, the name, but Um, I I don't know if I know. Yeah, so she had sent that out to me. So that was my only real connection with it, and you know, I didn't really register at all. But uh, through the missions conference at Maranatha, you know, felt burdened for this part of the world, and um, you know, through the course of our senior year, we were. Uh, really officially dating and then engaged after Christmas. That was when uh, the late Doctor Watson came and yep. visited campus, and you know we were looking for, okay, Lord, where you want us? We mm-hmm. feel you've brought us together. Now, what's the next step? And it was really just, okay, Lord, whatever you bring, the right people, at the right time, and it's it's really amazing to see God to think about God's providence through those uh, what many people would consider chance meetings, but we truly believe it was providential. He just, mm-hmm. hey, we need a science teacher and an English teacher. And there's another school that we were looking at closely. And, you know, at first it was, you know, the October, when you guys go uh, recruiting Mm -hmm. in October, had that connection with uh, Dr. Watson just briefly. And then it's almost like, again, dropped off the face of the planet, didn't hear from Mm -hmm. him again, and started connecting with this other school. And then February rolls around and I get a phone call, hey, I'm gonna be on campus, can we talk? And so through that meeting, sat down, hashed through a few details about, you know, when what our plans were for that summer getting married and and uh you know, the Lord led us here. We prayed about it for about two, three days really, and wow. it just the Lord seemed like this was the best fit. It really fit our my, our missions, heart, mm-hmm. our desire to to reach souls and you know, even the open enrollment was uh, mm-hmm. was a real strong draw for us because of that ability to be able to witness in the classroom even right. to uh, needy souls. So,
0: mm. And Jessica you taught here for a while what mm-hmm. drew you even into missions um, because your parents were laymen, working faithful people mm-hmm. that's not the mm-hmm. case now mm-hmm. it's actually a greater measure because they're faithful not laymen, they are in full time in up to their years with and have been for quite a while. Talk about that.
1: Well, um, the Lord really, I think, started that burden for missions early when I was little. Um, We had missionaries that would come through our church, and they would present their field, and then they would have these really cool tables in the back. And I enjoyed going back there and looking at all their trinkets and all their neat patterned blankets and hearing their stories and Then my parents would invite them over to the house, and we'd sit around the table and talk. And um, so I was just a little ear at that point, listening. And God started using that to develop my heart towards missions.
0: Yeah. Mm. And when did you end up coming to know the Lord personally? Growing up in a home that you know were good people, and went to church your whole life. When did that happen? Yeah,
1: eleven years old. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I uh, when I was five years old, I remember going to a vacation Bible school, which is uh, like a, um, a summer um, Bible club thing with our church um, for kids, and um, anyway, so I went to that, and I remember hearing the gospel message. I still remember the blacklight message and the lady that was up there and spoke about the gospel and, and um, how Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I remember her turning out the lights and then turning on the black light, and the whole time she'd been painting, but we couldn't see what she was painting until she turned on that light, and then we saw the cross, the picture behind the picture. And I just remember as a little child understanding um, that I was a sinner and that that the Lord, that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I remember going forward, and I remember um, going to a room and sitting down with my teacher at that time, and... And repeating after her, and I struggled with that for a while, actually for several years, because I felt like those were her words; they weren't my words, and I had this big battle in my heart from five years old to eleven. And finally, around eleven, it just clicked that it's not my words; it's not my emotion of saying I'm, I'm. This is genuine, Lord, um, and I'm ready. And it was trusting in the promise that what god says he will do he will do and at that moment i realized it was the lord's work not my work or what i had to do in my life um so i believe at that point that the lord um graciously mm. um brought me to an, the knowledge of salvation and i did not struggle with it from that point on
0: and jeff you as well grew up in a chur- uh, church going people yeah. and your folks as well have been very faithful to the Lord. And yeah. um, where did genuine personal salvation come to play for you? Yeah, I did grow. Up, I grew up in a uh, full time ministry
2: home. My parents were both teachers. My dad's actually now a pastor, um, and so you know we grew up going to church and hearing the gospel and doing going vacation Bible schools, like my wife just talked about, and. We were one of the families where every time the doors were open, we were there uh, very faithfully. And obviously that that has made a significant impact, but more than just the impact that it made on on the practice of it, it was very consistent truth being taught through God's Word. And when I was five years old, actually on a Wednesday evening service, it was usually like we have Awana. It was King's Kids, but something very much like Awana. Wednesday evenings, we usually had that separate time, but this particular Wednesday... I don't actually remember the date, but I can remember the the events of the day almost like it was yesterday. It was a Wednesday evening service, and we were all together. and Our pastor preached on hell. (laughs) Uh, He was expounding from the scripture what the Bible talked about, how what hell was like, and what it was what what it had been made for. That it was not for people; it was made for the devil and his angels. And but the reality was that because of our sin, we were doomed to separation from God, and that was our ultimate destination. and I was scared to death, mm-hmm. and because uh, I knew even at the age of five <laughs> that I was a little sinner, mm-hmm. that I was a little rebel, and uh, went home that night. And as was our usual custom as a family, we would we would at least pray together. Sometimes we would read passage of scripture. Or we had a little devotional book we would sometimes read together, and we did that. And then after we did that, I kind of hung back and I sat on the couch and I asked my mom and dad. I said, "How do I know that I that that I?" that I'm saved. How do I know that I, how can I know that I can go to heaven? And they had walked me through verses and passages of scripture that I had memorized, even from before five years old. And I knew and, and, uh, but that was at that time that, you know, the Lord turned the light on and I, you know, I placed my faith and trust in Christ alone uh, to be my savior as the only um, way to redeem me and save me from my eternal destination of hell which was deserved because of my sin, and so, to be honest, I wrestled with my own salvation too. I, I you know, different times growing up where you're less obedient than others, and you struggle with um, specifically obedience to parents in that sense. But at that time, I still vividly remember it, and uh, remember thinking back over those times where even later on, feeling the chastening of the Lord as honestly a comfort, not because it was fun to be chastened, but to feel the the Holy Spirit pricking and realizing that I'm a child of His, and that's the only way He can actually work in my heart and convict me, Mm -hmm. is if I have Him
0: in my heart. And uh, so that was when I was very young, uh, was when I accepted Christ. And Jessica, for you, your folks went on to go into full-time ministry, as I mentioned, and now they find themselves out here working Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. Transworld Radio, and your dad, you had so many years as a layman and a Factory now using all those skill set Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, th- um, many of the skill sets, and some new ones, too, with radio. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's been a really neat process to watch from the perspective of me as a child, watching my parents do this. In their older age, my parents worked hard. I remember them working hard all their lives, um, being frugal and careful, and uh, putting us through Christian schools and... <laughs> I always, I think, there was, I remember them talking frequently about the burden of um, missions um, off and on, and after all of us kids were out of the house, and they had what, you know, many would call the American dream, their house that they built on their own, how they wanted it, a piece of property that they liked, um, financially comfortable, the Lord started working in their hearts, and really kind of changed their perspective on material things. And it went from, this is where, you know, this is the life I want and I'm happy now and I can kick back to, I think more of just that it's, it's a chain and it's, it owns me more than I own it. I have to work it. I have to stay here and, and mow the lawn now. And, and, uh, and it's, there's a, there's a greater need out there. My life, um, uh, the Lord wants more from my life. So yeah. that's the the Lord slowly started prying that out of their hands and and it was a neat process to watch because my parents aren't the adventurous type necessarily. So, um, over about five years, the Lord did that. and mm-hmm. they finally sold everything and moved around a bit and what many would think is uncomfortable living. They worked at a camp for a little bit and lived in a dorm room and ate in a cafeteria and um, served at a camp. And then they moved, um, took care of parents for a while. And then the Lord just slowly moved them in a different direction into missions, which is what where their hearts were, and, and relieved them of those other burdens. And, and now, now here. they're here. Even
0: now they're here. The common denominator with them and with you all, being members of Harvest Baptist Church, we've been talking about your vocations earlier on with science and with yeah. English. You were both trained um, and got your education, utilizing it in the classroom now. What do you both find to be your fulfillment in life? You have a family, you obviously have your own career here. Jessica, why don't you comment on that and we'll close <laughs> sure. with Jeff? How does okay, that sound? Great.
1: <laughs> fulfillment. I am so thankful that um, the lord has moved us burdened our heart and moved us in a direction where i can stay home with my children and work with them mentor their hearts while they're young Um, in the same process while we're out here in our home here on guam um, the lord has opened up another ministry of our neighborhood and that has just really um fulfilled my heart. Mm-hmm. I get to pour into my children and we get to love the kids around us too in our neighborhood. And I feel like they're mine. They're my kids too. And, mm-hmm. and it's just an honor to love them and to mentor them and talk with them and hear their school days and and to Mm. challenge them and their thinking and to um, share the gospel with them and see them make very difficult decisions I didn't have to make as a child because of the different circumstances they come from. So Mm. that is very fulfilling to me. Wow.
0: And on the side, you just happen to be Raising some dogs and selling <laughs> puppies, yes, uh, golden retrievers, yes. may I add. What's that's the name of the? Labradors. 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 What's uh, the name of the company? or?
1: Uh, it's called Guam Labradors. Guam Labradors. There you it's go. one way the Lord has chosen to take care of us yeah. while, while, we, while I'm not working. Yeah, so.
0: we're happy for that. And, Jeff, what do you find here? And after 13 years, you got yourself a house. You're very involved. Both of you are very engaged with many needy folks and mm-hmm people, young couples, hurting people. Often you volunteer to help, not only with meals, but hospitals and all kinds of good stuff. But what do you find to be the greatest fulfillment for you? Just to be a part of spreading the gospel
2: uh, through whatever avenue that is. You know, you talk about multiple avenues. It's really just for us, it's kind of been, okay, Lord, you you made us walk right into this particular individual okay we'll minister to them as as much as we can and with whatever resources we have available uh for me in the classroom in particular uh, i love that you know i get a chance to be able to point to the creator through his creation you know as much as in a similar way as you might be able to study and learn about an artist by studying his artwork I point my students to the Creator by looking at His creation. Mm-hmm. You know, Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, the invisible things of the Creator from the beginning of creation are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made. That's us, the things that are made. In specific, we can see His eternal power and His Godhead, His authority. Mm. Uh, so much so, that in Romans, the point is so that they are without excuse. They can't look around and say, hey, you know what, there's no God. They look out and there's, there's it's obvious. So I get to point them to that creator, uh, through the avenue of science and through the studies and the understanding of things from, you know, biological things. We're talking about the human body right now, or through things in earth science. When we talk a lot about, you know, earthquakes and things like that that all stem from plate tectonics, which really points to a flood. We talk about fossils and how they formed, all those things and, and the honestly the opportunity just to be able to point them to the creator and the reality of of God's character that's visible in his creation is a, is a real joy uh, for me to be able to do that. And then, the of course, a couple times, again, being able to to preach even on a Sunday night and share some of those mm-hmm. same ideas uh, through the scriptures and be able to use that same avenue to encourage people's hearts and challenge their thinking maybe a little bit, maybe some of their uh, the worldview that seeped in from other
0: avenues that they may not have even have realized.
2: Mm. So that's a real joy uh, for me.
0: Well, you know as you were talking, Jeff, as we close, I was reflecting on Acts 17 when Paul standing in front of a bunch of people that very smart, very mm-hmm. bright, but don't know the Lord and referred to their idol, the unknown God. Mm-hmm. And he made the statement, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, and he doesn't dwell in temples made mm-hmm. with hands. And he went on to state, he determined the times before appointed that they should seek the Lord if happily they would feel after him. Literally, they were groping in the dark after him, Mm. trying to find him. And then he said uh, that how that was going to happen, he commanded all men everywhere to repent. Mm. And ultimately, at the end of the day, um, literally um, at the end of a person's life, if there's been repentance from their choice of sin to a choice of a savior a god that has shown himself in general revelation specific revelation's word mm-hmm. that he's given us out of mercy he's drawing people's hearts to him and lives like yourselves that had the privilege to grow up in a, in a Christian home around the gospel, many, many, many that live on this island, as you know, don't have that. They didn't have that. They have organized religion. They hear terms that are Bible, but it doesn't click together, and they're still groping for a purpose. And I'm thankful that we have folks like you that are not just members of our own church but have chosen to use your life and um, model that. Uh, You care for your family, you care for others, and using scriptures to reach out to others in your education, that is a value. And I trust and pray that those who'd be listening today would have their heart drawn. Palm Sunday, this Sunday, I hope our folks will make it out. Thank you, both of you. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, We would invite you to Sunday services at Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. 9.30 a.m. begins our children's programs and adult Bible fellowships. 10.30 a.m. our morning worship service. And in the evening, the family Bible hour, that's at 6 p.m. At Harvest Baptist Church, everyone's welcome. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.